and welcome to the Empowerment and Courage podcast. We are your hosts, Ellie and Coco, and we speak to professional athletes so that they can inspire you with their stories. We talk about what's beyond the success, things like the challenges and adversity they had to face, and their advice to anyone with big dreams. In today's episode, Ellie speaks with Tonya Couch. She is a retired professional diver and a three-time Olympian representing Great Britain. Hi, Tonya, and uh, thank you so much for joining us today. No problem. Thank you for having me. Yeah, of course. It's a pleasure. I'm really excited to to be speaking with you today. Um, So maybe if you could just start by telling us a little bit about yourself, who you are and what you do. So I am a ex-diver. I've made three Olympic Games, um, a hardboard diver, which means I dive off the 10-meter board. And uh, I was diving for 18 years, and now I'm retired. I'm actually a diving coach. Yes, yes, exactly. Perfect. So when did you first start diving, if we look back in time? (laughs) Oh, I started when I was 10 years old. Mm I actually was a gymnast before, so it's very similar. Um, I dislocated my elbow, so I kind of didn't really want to go back to gymnastics. Um, And I I got told to try diving because it's very similar. And I just absolutely loved it. So I did it for 18 years. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a A long long time. time. Yeah, definitely. So what is it then about diving that you really like? Why did you choose that? maybe before doing other sports or? Um, well, gymnastics is like, you know, you do somersaults and handstands and diving was exactly the same. So I already had that as a background. Um, and when I went one time with my friend just to have a bit of fun, mm-hmm. I had the best time. Um, and then I went down to meet the coaches and everybody just seemed so friendly and so welcoming. I went and I, I, I had the best time of my life. And then I actually went in for my first competition, I think maybe six weeks. As soon as I started diving, I think six weeks was my first competition. Mm-hmm. So I wasn't expecting much. And I actually came first. So <laughs> I thought, hmm maybe this is for me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So when did you know then that you essentially wanted to become a professional diver? I mean, do you remember a specific moment where you were like, yes. oh, I can make it? I think I was 13 years old or maybe 14. I'm not sure. I was young and I did a competition against all the senior divers. Mm-hmm. And I got given a letter saying, congratulations, you've made the junior Olympic program. I had no idea what that meant. I kind of, mm-hmm. I kind of gave it to my mum and dad, and um, yeah, they were just like, "Oh, you've made the team for the Great Britain team," and I was like, "Oh, okay." And just after that, I just thought, "Oh, maybe, maybe I could be good at this." Yeah, that's so cool. Yeah, thirteen years old. I mean, that's that's very young, you know, to already be thinking about those things. But I'm guessing as well when you get so into something and you spend so much time doing it, that becomes quite quite normal to dream big. Yeah, definitely. I well, funny actually. Um, Tom Daly put a video up on his Instagram today, mm-hmm. saying uh, I think it was a video of him as a fourteen-year-old, and he looked so young. And he said, as a fourteen-year-old, I want to be an Olympic champion. 
And um, yeah, he did a video saying it's so weird because if my kid at 14 year, um, years old wanted to be an Olympic champion, he would say, calm down. <laughs> you know, yeah. you don't need to dream that big. But he did. And look where that got him. So I guess we can all have a dream. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's good to dream, I guess. And especially as a kid as well, it fuels you and gives you motivation to, to work for it. So um, I know as well that when you were 16, you made your like big major debut at the 2005, I think, um, World Championships. Yes. So how was yeah. it to, you know, you were still so young and you were competing at such a high level. How was that? Do you know what? It was really, really difficult. It was so much fun because I had been taken away with all the older athletes. Mm -hmm. So I didn't need a chaperone to tell me what time I've got to go to bed because I was treated as an adult. Um, but the competition was so scary. I came second to last and it was an outdoor diving pool. So the sky was the same color as the pool. So when I was spinning around, I didn't know where I was and I had never been in an outdoor pool before in my life. Mm -hmm. um, so that was very, very scary. And all these amazing divers, I was just so intimidated. It was just crazy. But they were all very friendly. No one was ever nasty to me. People used to say, take your time, wait for the judges. Mm -hmm. um, they can wait for you instead of rushing on the board, like quickly go in when I'm not ready or out of breath. So there was people from America, Canada, all sorts that was really helpful. But it was just so scary. And 10 minutes before my event, I actually landed completely flat on my face. Oh, wow. So um, that, that wasn't something that you need leading into a competition. I remember my mum and dad was um, coming into the stand and they heard this big, big bang and said, oh, I hope that's not our Tonya. And they came around the corner and there's me with like black and oh, blue no. <laughs> face, like full on bruised you know, coughing because I winded myself. Yeah, it was just, yeah, it was, it was a crazy experience. And then as soon as I finished, obviously I was a little bit upset and gutted, but this lady came over and said, can I have your autograph please? And I just thought, why does she want mine? <laughs> it was just all a bit crazy, but you live and you learn. Yeah, of course. And I mean, do you think that that experience motivated you and inspired you to to keep going you know when you saw all of these other divers and you felt like oh, yeah. it was this big stage everything kind of new yeah definitely like i thought i want to make a um a final after that mm -hmm. um instead of obviously coming near the bottom i just wanted to push myself and actually every world event and olympic event since that day i had finaled so it kind of gave me definitely a push up the bum. Of course, that's amazing. Sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Really, really crazy. Even it was the worst times, it was the scariest times, but brilliant time. Of course, it helped you kind of set you off then towards your career, if you could put it that way. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Mm -hmm. And uh, many more events to come after that. Yeah, of course, of course. And like you said before, you, um, you're a three-time Olympic or Olympian. Um, I mean, how was that to, to compete in the Olympics? You were still quite young, I believe, 19 years old when you competed in your first Olympics. Yeah, I think I was 18, 19. Yeah. Um, well, I wanted to qualify for the Olympic Games, but I went into the Olympic trials 
wanting to but not necessarily being expected to mm-hmm. um so i just stayed focused put my head down and qualified for the olympic games and then when i got to beijing it was the craziest thing me and tom was walking around the whole village seeing all these amazing famous athletes and the food um canteen was like the size of three football pitches put together it was just it was insane there was mcdonald's for free everything was for free there was a games room right in front of where we were um staying so we would go down there and you know just remembering who we are kind of and staying calm because obviously it's such a nervous and a crazy experience mm-hmm. we just thought to let our hair down we'd go play games in the evenings and it was oh, it was just amazing and the best thing for me was um making the final because i never expected mm-hmm. my first olympic games to have made a semis let alone a final and i walked out the first person to walk out and I could see my mum and dad in the crowd with the flags and it was just amazing best experience of my life yeah of course I can imagine like you said like making the final having your family there to support you and your friend of course and Tom that must have been amazing (laughs) yeah it was I remember when I was competing in the prelim I had my friend Tom and Ben come sit with me just to so we can enjoy it Mm -hmm. so I would go do the event because there was there was a good 40 of us so it, it was a long event and um, I, I would come back and we would play a little bit of like a computer game or cards. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they, we, my name came up saying I made this top 18, which was the semi-finals. And I remember they were lifting me up, screaming and hugging. I was like, oh, I made it. This is amazing. So then we did exactly the same for my semi-finals. They came and sat with me and I had literally came 12th. So you have to be top 12 to make mm-hmm. the final. And, oh, that was just amazing. I literally, I was like screaming. I was like, oh, oh my goodness. And then my mum and dad with their flag t-shirt and my mum made a flag um, dress. Mm-hmm. Oh, it was literally, even though London was so amazing, I think just that was my first experience of Olympic Games mm-hmm. had to be the most amazing. Yeah, of course. And I mean, that was your first one, but you also went to the London Olympics. So how was that? I mean, competing at home. Um, that was really that special was, as well. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, the fact that Great Britain was so hyped because London Olympic Games was around the corner, and the fact that everybody could come and watch it just you just felt really like supported and, and loved, and um, you were so like honored and everybody would invite you to places afterwards and just they would treat you like something special and it was oh walking out into the home crowd everybody cheering it I couldn't even hear my name like when myself and Sarah Barrow went out to compete we looked through I think we looked through the door and they saw it we didn't know if this was a good thing or a bad thing Mm -hmm. because it was so scary but yeah, I just wish things like that was all on film so we could re- like have it forever. But mm-hmm. you never forget those memories. No, of course, of course. And like you said before too, like I've understand, I've understood, you know, that your team, like Great Britain, like you're such a tight team as well, you know, being everyone there together. So was it also, you know, um, 
like a dream come true for you being able to represent your country and especially then being at home um yeah 2012 yeah, yeah. I think we were very lucky to be alive you know going to the Olympic Games in your home country like not many people get to do something like mm -hmm. that so it, yeah great time to be alive <laughs> of course and in terms of like I mean you said of course for your first Olympics you were very nervous because everything was quite new um then competing at home did you feel any pressure um going into yes. those things yeah. <laughs> yeah um not pressure in the fact of you must medal because realistically that was pretty tough mm -hmm. but pressure I think because so many people were talking about it um, I, I don't think I slept the night before. I remember being in our in our um, flat that we would stay in in the village and being like, good night to our teammates and just no one sleeping. So that was pretty crazy. Um, a lot more pressure than Rio, for, sh uh, for sure. I think when I got into Rio, I, I knew it was going to be my last Olympic Games, but mm -hmm. I kind of was looking after my synchro partner as she was so young. She was only 16. And we had only been partnered eight months before Olympic Games, okay. which really is just crazy because yeah. all of the teams were together 10 years plus. The Canadians had done three Olympics as the same partners, whereas I had done Rio with one partner, London with another partner and Beijing with another. So. You should really stick with your partners, but it all depends, doesn't it? Depends on the other partner if they're injured or somebody else is coming along. Mm -hmm. Yeah, of course. But how would you say that you dealt with that then if you felt pressure, you know, going into the Olympic Games? Um, I think I do quite well under pressure. Mm -hmm. I think I like a bit of pressure. If I don't have pressure, then I'm not really feeling it and I don't dive as well. Mm -hmm. So pressure for me, I think I, I kind of like it deep down even though it's an awful feeling <laughs> um I do like a bit of pressure so I think I, I handled it quite well I didn't drop any dives I did all my dives really well so I was really pleased okay okay that's I mean that's good to hear and I think it's I mean not saying everyone likes pressure but it's, it's a good thing you know to have that uh, like you said mm -hmm. it can be scary in the moment but it's something that might be able to motivate you a little bit more and you know like you said perform under pressure that's that's really cool absolutely i totally agree. yeah yeah i think it's good to have a bit of nerves like i said if i didn't have nerves i'd go into that competition and i'd feel like it's training so i would dive okay mm -hmm. but not next level whereas when i got a bit of nerves it's a good feeling exactly it matters it means that it matters to you so that's a good thing yeah yeah and I mean, aside from the Olympics as well, you have a lot of other accomplishments, like medals from, you know, European Championships, World Cup, British Championships. Um, maybe it's difficult because you already spoke about some memories, but do you have like one favorite memory or would you have to pick like a few I, different ones? I do actually. Okay. <laughs> um, oh God, I've got so many. I've got so many. Um, we were doing World Series in Russia and Kazan. And I think I just must have, I, I mean, I'm focused normally, but for some reason I must have just been even more focused. And I was winning the whole way through. And I didn't know that because you don't expect to beat the Chinese, you just don't. Um, so I thought, oh, I'm, I'm in for a, sh a good shot here, mm -hmm. but I didn't get told until I'd finished. I was winning all the way through. Um, and then at the very last moment, a Chinese judge gave the Chinese girl a 10 so she beat me by a point wow. so I was 
I came second, so I split the two Chinese, which is very rare to happen. So I was over the moon. But the fact that somebody said I was winning the whole way through is just literally, you just, is, I couldn't believe it. Could not believe it. Yeah. So that was probably one of my favorite moments. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty cool. But it's interesting too. Like it's, like you said, you were winning the whole way through, but in the end you ended up finishing second, but it's still such a big memory for you. I mean, that's quite, quite interesting as well. Yeah, well, because I thought I came third when they said you've got a medal. My mum rang and said you came second, like amazing. Mm -hmm. And I was like, no, mum, I came third. And she was like, no, you came second. And I said, there's no way I could have beaten a Chinese. Mm -hmm. There's just no way. And she said, Ton, look online, it says, look at results. So um, I hung up thinking, she's crazy. Um, And then I went and seen everyone and everybody was like, no, you've come second. And I was like, oh like even better so I thought I came third and then they explained you won the whole way through until the Chinese gave the Chinese a a 10 sneaky um which is yeah it is disappointing because you imagine winning a world event is just wow Mm -hmm. but coming second I just couldn't believe either yeah of course and especially like you said you believe that you finished third and then actually getting those news I mean that's just positive so (laughs) that's great Yeah. yeah amazing yeah of course and I mean, during your career, how would you say that, you know, you measured your success? Was it the, you know, the awards, the medals, or was it doing what you love, traveling? What was, like, most Um, important? I think the fact that, obviously, traveling with our team, because we were such a tight team, Mm -hmm. we were constantly laughing, and um, all other countries used to say, why are you guys always laughing? Like when we would go down for our meals, obviously all different countries would be down there and we would just be laughing and smiling and Mm -hmm. just having the best time. Whereas some countries would just sit there with like their face miserable the whole time. Mm -hmm. Um, But then also obviously achieving and winning that medal just paid off all that hard work of training and and the hard work with the fact that you're missing home and you're living out of the suitcase. That was quite hard at times. Yeah, of course. So probably a combination then of, of both a little bit. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Definitely. And like you said, at the end of um, 2017, you retired from diving, um, mm-hmm. leaving a big legacy behind, of course, as one of the greatest divers um, in England, yeah. on the side, which is awesome. Crazy. So, I mean, congratulations on that. First of all, that's really, really cool. Um, Thank you. And I mean, what essentially led up to this decision? Like, how did you know that it was the time to, to end your career? Um... Well, you know, I always wanted to make an Olympic Games, and but I never expected to make three. And so I kind of did every competition there was as an athlete, as a diver. There was no other competition that I hadn't done. Um, obviously, I would love to have gotten the Olympic medal, but I, I just felt like I'd done everything and more than I would ever, ever imagine. So I thought I wanted to keep myself on a high and finish you know technically unbeaten um instead of going until I was injured and starting to get beaten I just wanted to Mm -hmm. to leave on a happy note and um so yeah I did and I wasn't a young chicken anymore (laughs) (laughs) okay okay well I mean I've been looking a little bit at your Instagram of course and it seems like you know you're still working hard to stay in shape and um I saw something about you know dreaming about being back in the pool and especially now with, you know, COVID and Tokyo Olympics being postponed, like, have you been thinking at all about going back to competing or? Oh, do you know what? So many people keep saying, get back in. 
And like a part of me, 50% of me is like, oh my goodness, I probably could do this. Mm-hmm. Like I'm still fit. I've been keeping fit at home. So there's nothing that's stopping me. But at the same time, I don't want to go back and disappoint myself. Like I don't, like a lot of people do. A lot of people go back and mm-hmm. it doesn't turn out the way they want it to turn out. And like, I don't want to remember that. Okay. So I think it's probably best to just finish on a good note. Okay. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. And I mean, you spoke a little bit before about your friend, you know, Tom um, Daly, and he's still competing and he's aiming for, for the Tokyo Olympics. And I know that just before um, you retired, you started competing with him a little bit mixed as well. So, I mean, with him still competing, is that something that maybe would, you know, have you want to go back as well, being able to do it with your friend? Yeah, he, he keeps texting me saying, come back. Okay. Um, <laughs> but... Yeah, yeah, I, I'm not sure. I'm not sure about yeah. that one. Um, and Nick Synchro was really good fun with him, mm-hmm. but it's not in the Olympic sport, so mm-hmm. it's a little bit yeah. of a waste of time. Yeah, it wouldn't be for the Olympics then. It would be outside, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, no, I'll just be his little cheerleader instead. Okay, okay. That's great. And I wanted to ask you as well, because like you said before, you're childhood friends and you've been essentially kind of going on this journey together. So what has it meant for you to have a friend like Tom through all of this? Oh, I, oh do you know what? Like for people that don't know him, probably mm-hmm. think, oh, you know, he's really sensible and he's really nice and sweet. Yeah, I mean, he is nice and sweet, but he's absolutely nuts. And he is a bit of a geek, really, behind closed doors. We have laughed the whole way through our careers. And when I gave up, it was a little bit of a shock for him. Mm-hmm. I remember he, like, would FaceTime me or message me just saying, oh, we miss you, come back. So that must have been really hard for him. Um, but yeah, I, I do miss it, seeing him as much as I used to because obviously he's in London and I'm in mm-hmm. Plymouth. So, but hopefully I'm seeing him in the next couple of weeks. Okay, okay, that's great. Now that the lockdown has ended. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Thank goodness. Perfect, perfect. Um, and I mean, speaking a little bit more about your career, obviously you endured, you know, countless of hours of training, traveling, gym, everything. And typically being a professional athlete means that, you know, you might have to sacrifice some stuff for doing what you love. What would you say that this has looked like for you in terms of diving? Yeah, we did sacrifice a lot, actually. I remember saying to my friends, you know, like, all oh, the kids are out and about drinking on the streets. I missed all of that. Um, and obviously looking back I'm glad but at the time you don't realize do you so the fact that my my um, sport and my diving has been successful it's it's mm-hmm. completely paid off and the fact that I've you know missed people's weddings people's birthdays even my own my 21st and things like that it doesn't matter at the time it can be a little bit like oh but looking back now um, I much would rather be a successful diver sorry get my words mixed up um then missing out and all those things yeah of course I mean you said you barely like noticed I mean when you were growing up like let's say you know the the time when most kids go out and party and stuff like that did you think about it did it feel like you were missing out on something or did you not even like pay attention to it because you were so focused most of the time I didn't pay attention um sometimes I would be asked and asked and asked come out over to our friends and I used to be like I can't I can't and they'd be like take the evening off and I was like it's not as simple as that um but the older I got throughout my secondary school um 
the more supportive people was getting um and everybody used to say oh my goodness you're gonna make the olympics um 2012 and the fact that i made 20 like 2008 mm -hmm. um everybody was like so pleased and supportive so people by the end of it didn't ask me to go out because they knew that i had diving that night yeah you had bigger goals than that yeah 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 for sure and best thing i've done is doing that really because a lot of people would would quit their sport because of that you know so i'm glad i had such amazing people around me to keep me going yeah of course of course and i'm a little bit curious like um when you were diving what did your routines look like you know with training sleeping eating oh um yeah so when i was in school i used to leave the house at half past six quarter seven mm -hmm. to get to training for seven a quick hour and a half and then off to school so i used to go into school with wet hair eating my breakfast in the car mm -hmm. um i used to train in the evenings 6 30 till half past eight at night so it was quite late when i was in school so i was just go 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 all the time so bedtimes for me was just beautiful yeah <laughs> i used to hit the, hit the pillow straight away um when i finished school obviously i had a lot more time so training was half past 10 to 12 31 no one o'clock um and then go home for a rest walk my dog and then go back to training again for 4 30 4 o'clock till seven so it was a lot of hours in the day but when i finished school i had a lot more hours downtime mm -hmm. so that was really nice but yeah i mean my my diet wasn't probably the best looking back now i'm probably healthier now than i am then but we trained so much i burnt so many calories of course yeah so if i wanted a chinese on a saturday night i used to get a chinese you know um <laughs> but in the weekday i tried to get as much protein and veg down me as possible yeah okay okay of course and i mean looking back at your journey i mean from when you started until today what would you say has been like the biggest challenge that you had to face along the way um qualifying for 2012 individual olympic mm -hmm. games and being told that you're not competing was probably the hardest thing ever because um I, the the girl that came third behind me had never hadn't beaten me in years and she got picked to go because she was living next door to um, our manager. So I think they obviously got a bit friendly and it was her last chance of making the Olympic Games. So they picked her over me because I was doing synchro. So they said that I should um, concentrate only on synchro, even though I'd been the only female to have made every single world final, uh, the only female to be scoring over 300 and 20 consistently obviously mm -hmm. a lot of other people's are scoring over that but consistently throughout the years um and being told sorry and you're not doing it when i you know i could have made and i could have got a medal if mm -hmm. if i dived like i'd been diving i could have made a medal i know they say who knows whatever but i had some kind of good chance but so that was probably the hardest time for me i was so gutted i remember coming and crying my eyes out and the fact mm -hmm. that they never told me until a few days later after they had celebrated that they were going. I still thought because I qualified, I was I was going. Yeah. So for me, that was the worst time ever. 
but um, after that year we did nationals and I scored basically what the silver medalists had scored at the Olympic Games and won British nationals and he obviously shook my hand and I, I just had nothing to say to be honest mm-hmm. I just walked off kind of like yep I'll show you what I can do if you didn't pick me that's your own fault and mm-hmm. um, yeah so that was that was really really tough for me and my family and my coach so um, I think they learned their lesson that's for sure let's <laughs> put it that way yeah but um, it's just a shame that you had to go through that for them to learn their lesson yeah, of course. And I mean, like you said, you kind of got your revenge or whatever you want to call it afterwards. But how did you like handle it in the moment? Like, how did you overcome that? How did it, you know, impact your motivation and everything like that when it happened? I, I, I didn't want to go to training. I just thought if, you, if, if you're going to be like that, why am I even training? Yeah. Um, so that was that was really, really difficult. Um, and the hard thing is my single partner at the time, Sarah Barrow, had was amazing and she like supported me but it was hard because the girl that qualified was her best friend so she it was really really tough for her um because she knew what was right um and she supported me as much as she could you know without being horrible to Mm -hmm. anyone so that was she kind of helped me get motivated my family helped me get motivated and so did my coach uh, and I kind of just wanted to prove a point. So when I went to the Olympic Games, I didn't have to go and watch the event that I should have been in, but I did. And um, the girls didn't make the semi-final. And I went and watched the semi-final and I watched the final with none of our girls in it. Um, and I think a lot of other countries um, noticed that. And I think they all they all came up and kind of said like, they're sorry kind of thing like you mm-hmm. should have been in that event so that was really nice to hear that other countries recognized me in that sense but oh that was the hardest time hardest time in my career yeah okay okay yeah of course I can I can imagine that must be tough after you know all the hard work and everything you put in and like you said you you knew it was right and you felt like it wasn't really yeah it didn't go yeah. down the right way especially so no not at all yeah it was just it was just unfair like the girl that came underneath me got a personal best that day and still finished under me so it's just it just never made sense to be honest yeah yeah of course well that's politics for you isn't it (laughs) (laughs) I mean it happens but yeah no it's I mean it's a shame that it happens but like you said at least you kind of I mean you took it the good way I guess like you said you showed some pride in showing up to the event and everything and you still got your revenge and you you proved your point so that's that's the most important and you you went on to do a lot more things after that so yeah Yeah. and and I think I think the real um, Olympics after and Tom at Daly and Jack Law so there was only three of us I was the only girl to ha- um, be pre-selected mm-hmm. so I, I, I remember I cried because I, I don't cry too much with happiness unless I'm watching a TV program like mm-hmm. for me I don't cry with happiness for myself and I remember I just cried because I think because of the moment I had in 2012 and the fact that they pre-selected me because I think that's all they owed me that at least you know mm-hmm. so um that was that was really nice moment and I really appreciated that 
That's great. Yeah, that's great. It was kind of a contrast from from what happened previously. So that's that's really good. Yeah, that's the least you could have done. Hey? <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> and I mean, during your yeah. career, whenever you faced like tough moments, did you ever consider like giving up diving? Um, or yeah, yeah, yeah. Probably after that moment, I think at, at first I was like, I'm done. What's the point? Mm -hmm. Um. But yeah, luckily I ended up switching it around and being more determined because mm -hmm. you okay. just don't know which way it could go really. No, of course. So, I mean, what was your biggest motivation then? I mean, growing up, but also during those tough times when you felt like you kind of just wanted to quit and do something else, what kept you going? Um, my family, my family was never the ones to say you must go to training and you mm -hmm. must do this. Never. Um, But I remember crying to them one time and they said, you are so talented. If you give up, you would be so silly to do so. And they were like, have a few days off. So I had a few days off just to kind of see my friends, get myself back together. Mm -hmm. um, and then I went back to training and I was with my friends and I had a laugh. And I had the most amazing coach, Andy Banks. Um He was just fabulous. He was so much fun, but worked as hard at the same time. Uh, so I reckon, I reckon a mixture of family and coaches and friends, they really just helped me get back on it. Yeah, of course, of course, that's, that's great. And I mean, when you were growing up as well, like initially when you started diving, what was your, I mean, was there someone that, that you were looking up to, like you had an idol or something that inspired you, motivated you or? Uh, yes. There was a girl, actually. Mm -hmm. She's called Laura Wilkinson, and she's American. And she was, oh, she was older than me. I can't remember how, how, how much, but when I first got onto, like, the big circuits, I was walking up the stairs one time, and I was the first person to start the event. Mm -hmm. And I kind of rushed up the stairs, soaking wet, panicking. And she like stopped me and said, take your time. If the judges can, if they, if they need to wait, they will wait. Um, and she was just like, good luck. And she, you know, she, she was technically competing against me. Mm -hmm. Obviously she was a lot better than me at the time, but um, she was just really friendly and helpful. And I think from then on, I really looked up to her. And she was the um, Sydney Olympic gold medalist. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. That's awesome. I mean, because I can imagine when you come, like, being quite young and everything, and everyone is very, I mean, they know what they're doing. It can be intimidating and to see all of these very. people so focused. So for someone to take their time to just stop and talk to you, I guess, uh, was very encouraging. Yeah. Oh, it was. It was just like, I think I remember, like, telling my coach, like, <gasps> Laura spoke to me that day and she <laughs> told me to stay calm. And, and it was just, yeah. And, and that's what I um, wanted to do to the young ones after seeing that because I knew how much that helped me when I became older I did that to the young ones so they would feel at ease as well mm -hmm. so yeah she's definitely a role model yeah definitely and I mean like you said now you wanted to kind of do the same thing whenever you were competing would you say that you see yourself as a role model for kids today both when you were competing and maybe today like coaching as well Yeah, but because it's me, I don't see it. Um, I suppose you don't see it yourself, but a lot of people and a lot of parents say that I am. And so the coach, like I coach the young ones and all the mums mm -hmm. say the same. So, yeah, I guess I am. But because it's me, I, I don't see it as such. Mm -hmm. I just see me as 
me. Yeah, of course. I mean, you probably experienced like young girls or guys like coming, speaking to you and, you know, um, thanking you for, for motivating them or stuff like that. I'm pretty sure you have, you know, kids that do look up to you, even if you don't feel it yourself that you're like a role model. I mean, I'm sure you yeah. influence a lot of kids out there. Yeah, yeah. And I, I, it's lovely that people are able to ask me questions and things like that. And for me to give back my experience to them, it's it's really nice. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and especially now, you know, being a coach as well, that's certainly like um, an opportunity to give back. Um, and I mean, whenever you retired, was it a clear choice that you wanted to coach or how did you end yes. up? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I, I don't want to be an Olympic coach. I'm not interested in that as such. I think, I don't know if that's because I've done it all myself and I know how hard work I've put in as well as my coach. Mm -hmm. Um. So I'm really enjoying training the little ones. So my guys are from six-ish mm -hmm. to about nine, ten. And they are the very start of um, like the talent pathway. So they have something special in them. And I teach them all the basics um, and kind of pass them on so they can like move up groups and stuff. So it's really rewarding the fact that I've taught them from doing a jump and then I can actually teach them to do proper dives mm -hmm. so and and they are absolutely nuts and I love it I love it so that's awesome. my, my job's not boring that's for sure okay okay that's that's great and I mean like you said before you spent so many years diving like 18 years and I think 12 years your senior career um what would you say you know that sports or diving in yes especially has given you like what have you learned um from from doing sports um it's a tough one actually because I feel like I don't like to be late I always like to be <laughs> early but I think that's from the sport mm -hmm. I can talk to anyone and I think that's also from meeting people around the world mm -hmm. um and hard work I like I like to work hard because of that um but yeah, I've also learned that, you know, I've had such um, amazing friends that have supported me and you just can't for ask for anything better, really. Of course, of course. And I mean, now when you're a coach yourself, do you think that you can kind of see the impact that sports has on kids like diving when they get to when kids essentially get the opportunity to play sports? Can you see that when you're a coach? Oh, yeah, definitely. It's nice to get them in, keep them fit, keep their minds um, ticking, like it's just, it, I think sport for any kid, whatever sport it is, is so mm -hmm. important. Um, they absolutely love it when they're there. So it's the fact that as soon as you get there mm -hmm. and find something that you do love, and if you enjoy something, I think you can go a long way. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I agree with that. Sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. I've always said as long as I enjoy my sport, I know I will do well in it. The day I stop enjoying it is the day that I will not compete well at all. Mm -hmm. So luckily, I absolutely enjoyed myself. That's great. That's great. And you still get to be involved, you know, with diving as a coach. So that's that's awesome as well. But do you think yeah. that, you know, now when you're a coach and you're not competing, has that kind of changed your view on the sports? Do you see it kind of in a different light? or? Um. Yeah, I do, actually. I see it in fact that, like I say to my kids, I was, oh, get on with it. You'll be fine. <laughs> it's not that scary. Well, it is. Like when I was a diver, I, sh I, I try to take myself back and be like, yes, Tonya, it is scary because the coaches are always a little bit like, no, you'll be fine. Get on 
with it. So I, I'm able to speak to them, but because I have done it, I'm able to speak to them and say, I, I've landed flat a few times, but I've got straight back up and done it again. So I can communicate a little bit better because I've been in their shoes. Mm-hmm. So I think that's definitely helped me be a coach. Yeah, yeah, of course, I can imagine. Like, I mean, it must be um, probably easier for them as well, like being a kid, trusting what you say, because they know as well that you've done it. So from their perspective as well, it's probably very helpful. <laughs> Definitely. And they always say, we've watched you on YouTube, because obviously they're too young to have seen me compete. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, but that's cute. They're still looking. <laughs> yeah, it's really sweet. It is. All yeah. their parents obviously show them. Mm-hmm. Of course. And aside from coaching kids, are you involved in any other projects with sports and kids? Um, no. Um, I've got my own eyelash company and mm-hmm. brow wax so I do that salon room which I am in here now mm-hmm. um that's just something on the side because I've always been into a bit of beauty but now coaching's my my main um, my main job and I am enjoying doing all the keep fit stuff on my Instagram page mm-hmm. yeah I saw that as well and I I also wanted to talk to you about this um photo shoot that I saw you did I think it was a few years ago with women's health um and you spoke quite openly you know about like um body image and body positivity this type of yeah. stuff um and i saw that this is still a topic that you bring up quite a lot on your instagram um yeah so i mean how do you feel about the current situation you know with all these body ideals that i guess both young men and women feel like they're pressured to live up to oh like and sometimes and i feel that sometimes you know so that's why I like mm-hmm. to put out there, like, just be the best version of yourself, because we are all so different. I very much have an athlete's body, so I'm I'm very muscular. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I was dying, I hated it. I hated it. Um, but now I finished diving. I've now realized I should have loved that because that's me and that's what's made me good at my sport. Mm-hmm. So I just, yeah, I just like to put out there stuff like be happy with your body we don't all need to to filter and edit it all because there's so much editing at the moment and even mm-hmm. sometimes I look at these pictures and think why can't I look like that but mm-hmm. it's not real you know yeah no not course. real yeah no, so, so I need to learn I need to learn to love me yeah yeah for sure yeah absolutely and I mean do you think that in athletics especially there's like added pressure because you have all of this with the dieting and training and do you think there's added pressure um on athletes Um, i think so i think as a young woman i think there's added pressure i think the older you get the more focused you will probably be in your sport Mm -hmm. but at a teenager i think it's massive massive pressure Mm -hmm. and i mean like you said you you like to speak about it and put stuff up on your instagram social media um what do you hope that you know you can achieve by this is it raising awareness having other people like maybe young girls um looking up to you or yeah i hope so i hope young girls looking up to me and think and and realizing we all think the same mm-hmm. it, you know I think why can't I look like that so I want to put out there that that it's not real and we should just be happy if you work hard on yourself and on your body then let's be happy because you know we're lucky to even be here mm-hmm. 
Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I mean, this might be a difficult question, but what do you think, like any person, like someone like me, for example, um, could do to contribute to maybe a more healthy environment when it comes to sports and like body image? Oh, yeah, that's a tough one, actually. <laughs> yeah, like I said, it's not me asking you for all the answers, but it's it's quite interesting. Um, what do you mean by to help? I mean. I guess in general, like you said, a lot of people, like, they change the way they look on pictures and stuff like that. Do you think there's anything we can do, like, everyone together to try to raise more awareness or is it just talking about well, it? Well, I... Because everyone I doesn't have like... the same platform like, like you do, obviously, to reach, reach yeah. others. Yeah, I mean, it's nice. A lot of adverts at the moment um, mm -hmm. with the colour of our skin as well. So, like, makeup range, there's, you know, so many different types of skin colours. So it's really nice to put all that in one photograph or mm -hmm. one video just to show that we're all so different yet so beautiful in mm -hmm. ourselves so things like that i would love to do something with all different body types i would love that so mm -hmm. much just to put it out there and be like i'm muscular muscular mm -hmm. that's okay this person's not that's okay mm -hmm. and i would love to be able to do something like that yeah just Hopefully to show one day. yeah just to show the diversity kind of the, absolutely uh, mm -hmm. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. No, that's not, like I said, maybe not the easiest question, but but it's interesting to hear yeah. since you're active in this, you know, and, and like to, to speak around this topic. So, yeah, yeah I appreciate that. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> and like you said as well, just briefly, you have your own business, like a uh, beauty business. How come that you started this as well? Is that something you always wanted to do? Um, well yeah I've always when I was younger I used to be like I'm gonna be a hairdresser or something in beauty makeup mm -hmm. so I've always said it obviously then diving took over and with me being a coach in the evenings I had all day spare to do nothing mm -hmm. so instead of walking my dog all the time and all my friends were working throughout the daytimes I was like I need to find something that I love so I I, I did some courses and I absolutely love it and it's from home I don't feel like I'm working and you you meet so many nice people and they become your friends instead of mm -hmm. clients and it's I love it absolutely love it that's great that's great and like you said before like from sports it's kind of helped you to like you said you can speak to anyone else so I guess that's that comes in handy as well with with this beauty business <laughs> yeah definitely I remember yeah. I used to go away actually to all my competitions and I used to take my nail machine shellac machine with mm -hmm. me everyone was like you've always got such nice nails and I was like I've got it with me I'll do yours so yeah all the other countries were like when can you do mine yeah so you started it back then already yep secret yeah, yeah. I was like anybody coming in <laughs> awesome and I mean right now obviously with this difficult situation with the COVID and everything um how has that impacted you know uh, you your your business and your coaching role yeah my business obviously it's not really happening at all mm -hmm. um that's a bit of a shame um with the diving pool being shut it doesn't affect me as such but it, it affects the guys that are training for world championships and mm. olympic games hopefully to qualify um next year now so you know we've got to get that pool open for these guys really mm -hmm. yeah okay of course that makes sense and um, I mean, with everything opening up now, hopefully everything getting better, what are your goals and objectives moving forward, you know? Um, yeah, continuing on after your, your diving career. Yeah, um, I'd quite like to do my 
personal training course I'd quite like to do some fitness stuff with people mm-hmm. so that's something that I'm going to look into um diving wise I can't wait to get back into that teach the little kids because obviously they have clearly drove their parents crazy the last <laughs> couple of months no doubt yeah and with my beauty can't wait to push that and um get more clients okay awesome that sounds really good you know what you want to do so <laughs> Yeah, for sure. I'm ready now. I'm yeah, ready. perfect, perfect. I wish you good, all the best of luck with that, of course. Um, Thank you. <laughs> yeah, and I really only have one more question for you. So basically, our podcast is about you know um, sharing professional athlete stories and just showing that everyone's you know journey is, is different. Everyone faces different challenges and goes goes through different things. Um, so do you have one or maybe yeah, some advice that you could give to everyone that's listening and that, you know, have big dreams and are looking for ways to, to reach them? Yeah. Do you know what? Don't put too much pressure on yourself. Um, I never put pressure on myself. And I remember so many people saying, oh, I must do this. I must have this food at this time. I must get to bed at that time. You're overthinking it. Like, stop. Yes, I am determined and dedicated and I want, you know, like those goals I want to achieve, but I never, ever put pressure on myself. I was very laid back. I always had a smile on my face when I was competing, unless obviously I had a bad day. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, never, ever pressure yourself because if you put too much on yourself, it's only going to go one way and it's going to be the wrong way. Um, So work hard, keep smiling, enjoy yourself. And I'm sure they'll achieve anything they can put their mind to. That's great. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah, that's very true. The positive, um, yeah, being positive all the time, being happy, like you said, that's, that's really cool. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And if anyone wants to, you know, follow you or get in contact with you, what's the best way to, to do so? I know you're on Instagram, YouTube. Yeah, on my Instagram, I always try and keep up as much as I can um, because obviously some people that I don't follow, their messages will go to my outbox. So I try and keep up as much as I can. Mm-hmm. I think you messaged me on there, didn't you? Yes. And I went through to have a look and I was like, oh, who's this lovely lady? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if they need to get hold of me, have a little message on Instagram. Okay, perfect. And on your YouTube, what do you what do you share there typically? Oh, I haven't, do you know what? I haven't done a YouTube in ages. Okay. I must get back on the case. I must. Okay. Do some workouts, something funny. But yeah, I kind of got a little bit lazy with YouTube. Okay. So maybe this is the time to, to start it back up. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Tonya, again, for, for taking your time. It's been a pleasure meeting you and, and speaking to you, obviously. Um, and yeah, we wish you all the best of luck with, with the future and all of your goals that you have. Ah, oh, thank you very much. It was so lovely meeting you. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, I appreciate it. <laughs> thank you for listening to today's episode. If you like our podcast, don't forget to subscribe and give us five stars. It's really important for us. You can find all the links to Tonya's social media in the description. And for more information about us and the podcast, follow us on Instagram at ecpodcast underscore. See you next week. Thank you.